What is up, guys? It's Slim and Stiffy, a.k.a. Young Charles, a.k.a. Dead Boy Charles, a.k.a. Munch Monster. The Munch Monster. Uh, we have a very special episode for you guys. We sat down with a great comic, a new friend. Brant Tobler, everybody. Brant Tolbert, guys, you are going to want to listen to this episode. It's an interview-style episode. Uh, Brant lived probably the craziest. Probably the craziest life anybody has ever lived. So you're going to want to listen to this episode. He has a new book out called Free Roll, available on Amazon.com. iTunes and Audible. Mm -hmm. So go check that out. He will be in Vegas uh, at the MGM, which is a nice one. Mm Mm-hmm. I think I played there last week. <laughs> <It'll> be, <laughs> the buffet I ate. I'll be in Vegas uh, from the 3rd to the 11th of July. So go check them out there. Uh, great, great interview. We will see you next Wednesday for episode 30. 30. So tell your fucking friends, tell your coworkers, do not tell your boss that you listen to this shit. And thank you so much for subscribing and listening to us over the past couple of weeks. We love your support and comments. They've all been very positive, and we appreciate it. Hell yeah. All right. Keep it real. Enjoy this episode. Bonus style, motherfuckers. Naked Law and Order. Alright guys, we are here for a very special episode. We have what I would consider our most famous... And first guest of all time, <laughs> Mr. Brant Tobler is in the building. Yes. Thank you guys for letting me be the first. If you guys don't know who Brant is, he's the only dude in Phoenix with a better beard than your boy. Uh, he's beard goals. And I'm shaving it today. You're are shaving you shaving it? So you're going to be in the league. Are you going to be sad? Everybody's sad when they shave their beards. Do you guys ever get Why sad? Why are you shaving it? Because the gray is coming in the bottom? Oh, yeah, the gray is. It, it annoys me. I had a lady the other day. I was at this barbecue, and she's just like, hey, why are you doing that with the gray? <laughs> I was like, bitch, I don't, I didn't choose this. Why are you, I was so fucking mad, but. Uh, this is God's plan. It's like some girl being like, hey, why are you doing the whole bald thing? Like, why is yeah. there that big bald spot in the back of your head? It's a weird decision. It's like, you know, that can cause skin cancer. <laughs> yeah, so I'm getting rid of it. I've had it for, mine's thick right now. But when you shave really- it, is there a double chin at the bottom? Yeah, I try to hide that. Because you're one of the dudes that I would consider undeservedly attractive. Well, and thank there, you. There's a, big, there's a big group on that. It's backhanded as it gets, but there's a big group of dudes who are hard drinkers, whatever eaters, you know, not big in the fucking <laughs> in the weight. Fitness. Not big in the fitness, but for some reason they still pull it off and age like a fine wine. You just gotta fucking. I can't give away my There's secrets. no secret? Damn. My no, you just make girls laugh. It's pretty easy. So are those porcelain teeth? These I do have fake teeth that help. And they're wh- they're how veneers. Did, how, did, how did the money come about to get veneers? Well, th- it's a long story to tell you guys. But actually, I dated a girl, and her dad was a dentist. And uh, Did some girl's dad give you fake teeth? Yeah, which was one of the weirdest moments of my life because I was dating a Mormon girl, and she... Uh, oh, you got a... Real quick, you got airplane mode on? 
Yeah, why? What happens? We get some feedback up in here. Oh, really? Yeah, we get some FBI secrets on the pod, and then we get probably they're coming to get you on the stop sign ticket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when Brand showed up, I didn't want to answer the door because that red light ticket is still. It's still looming. (laughs) I've ignored the first two. And the worst part is, I will just say this, my comedy or my license plates say comedy. Mm -hmm. So they know they're at the right spot. So they got they got a picture of me going through red light with the comedy license plates on there. That's awesome. They're definitely going to stick to that shit. They want to find out what comedian. And that's why I got to stop drinking and driving. Not that I'm like drunk driving. (laughs) That's why, because I'm getting all these speeding tickets. Not because I could ruin a family of five's life. (laughs) <laughs> drink to um, Disneyland. No, no. I don't drive drunk, but I drink and drive. You know, when it's you like drink three, while you're driving. three or four yeah. kind of rush hour, cops are out kind of time. I mean, 2 p.m., you know how that shit goes. And uh, <laughs> well, I'm scared might... that they're going to be like, oh, let's pull this guy over and see what's going on with him. Because his license plates say comedy. Nah, but I think they know you're a comedian. Yeah. Right. And they should let that what go. What do you think they're sitting for? <laughs> well, I always get out of tickets by saying I'm a comedian. Really? Oh, yeah. Saying a comedian can get you a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, you what? got fake teeth. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't a comic at that time, but... You yeah, know, so what happened with those porcelain teeth? Well, so, so I started dating this girl, and then she... Which was one of the weirdest things. She's Mormon. Super Mormon. Yeah. Valedictorian. Went to BYU. Nah, and when we... Couldn't even, I mean, as Mormon as it gets. Beautiful blonde girl. Incredible. And when we started... Being a comedian could get you a lot of things. You know? Yeah, yeah. Get you out of tickets. A valedictorian to yeah. BYU. Valedictorian. <laughs> and uh, so then her dad was... He was like on a trip the first month we were dating, yeah. and my teeth were all fucked up, like bad, bad. And, like uh, yellow, cracked? No, not really just yellow, but crooked. Just, just crooked. I had a ton of cavities, so I didn't go to the dentist for like 10 years. Yeah. I had an awful dentist experience where you like tried to yank a tooth out. I was like, fuck this, I'm not going back. And I didn't go, so my teeth were in bad shape. And then, so then she's like, well, when my dad gets back, you know, you can go in whenever he has some free time. And then one night I was out with my boys, it's like Saturday at like 11.30 at night and I'm wasted and she calls me and says hey my dad's back he's gonna go in the office tomorrow and take care of you so if you can be at the office at like 8 30 and I'm like oh shit I'm hammered and this is a Mormon dad he's never met yeah. you know met his girl his daughter's new boyfriend so I told my and boys he's got shitty teeth yeah so I told my boys <laughs> I gotta stop whiskey breath and I went in and I sat down in his office and I met him at like 8 30 and then we went into the chair and I, when I opened my mouth, he looked like, oh, my God. And I, I had, like, 23 cavities. Oh, my God. How, did you, how, many, teeth, how many teeth are in the mouth? I don't know. 32, the reciprocal of 23. <laughs> did you feel any of these? Yeah, well, I had one. So at one point, I had a tooth blow up in my whole face. Like, it's, a, it's the worst thing I've ever been through. And I've been through a lot of bad stuff. Ah. But tooth, if any of your listeners know this, tooth pain, like, take care of your teeth. Because tooth pain, one time I went to Santa Monica and my tooth started hurting so bad that I just left my hotel and I was walking around outside <laughs> trying to pull my tooth out of my oh, mouth. Oh, my God. And I was on the street. And I was hoping someone would just knock me out of my misery. <laughs> I was just walking through. Jump in front of the street before a bus car. Uh, it hurts so bad. So and then so when I laid in the chair and he looked and then I always tell the joke on stage like he looked in my mouth and, a lot, and had to be thinking, how are you going to take care of my daughter when you can't even take yeah. care of your teeth? Uh, so, I, I would have went worse. How are you going to eat my daughter out with that shitty? Uh, well, you know what's funny is that I I never so I didn't I I had bad hygiene as a kid like tooth wise I just play and go to sleep I didn't right. brush my teeth but I had like hard teeth that the dentist said yeah and i never got a cavity in my life until i was 19 years old so you had strong teeth and i had this crazy conspiracy theory that 
because I never had a cavity until I started eating pussy. Right. So I, I would text my older friends, or not my text, but back then I'd send a letter on it because my best friend was in the <laughs> Navy, yeah. and he was older than me. And Oh, you had to write letters. Yeah, so I wrote him a letter <laughs> that said, uh, you know, I was like, am I doing it wrong? Or I was like, are Mexican girls like pinatas? Is there candy up in there? You know what what? I, I, Mexican girls are doing something different down there yeah. because I've, I've never been so, been so hung up in my entire fucking life, I swear to God. I've had white girls leave me, black girls leave me and I'm like eh <laughs> this last one left and I was just like for months man I've just been like oh Jesus Christ looking up her Instagram photos even though she blocked me I'll go on a different create uh, another Instagram and I'll create another Instagram account just to so, beat off to her it's fucking don't, she blocked you yeah man and we, he still wants to talk to her he still drives by uh, and knocks drunk. on the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you see the new license plate, babe? Come on out. What? Why did she leave you? Uh, well, no. I. This is. I mean, this is stupid. But I broke up with her, even though everything was going well. I just. <laughs> He's a comic. He's doing it for the pain. Yeah. I was just like comedy's about to hit, man. I got Mark Norman coming up. I I opened up for Tom Green, so I'm opening up for a lot of the greats. So. <laughs> I'm gonna pop soon, and then what? HBO special comes out. I, I gotta can't get be ready tied for down. those real dimes. <laughs> so you just dumped her just in case, just Dude, out, he, out of the blue. He, I actually hit up Charles. I was like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "I'm on my lunch break and go break up with her." And I was like, "What?" I and know. he's like, "I just made the choice." I was like, "How about you think about it?" He's like, "Nah, bro, that's not how I work." And that was uh, <laughs> eight months ago, and he's still thinking about her. <laughs> no, that was in January. It hasn't even been a, a half year yet. You couldn't get her back if you wanted. No, 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 no. Have you ever broken up with somebody and then they? Still Still like, oh, I miss you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, I was hoping for some of that. I was hoping that we would break up officially, and then there would still be, like, some after sex. And and she just went full, like, oh, you're breaking up with me? Well, fuck you. So blocked Instagram, Snapchat, yeah. tags, and everything. She did it right, because I'm fucking dying. She'll I, come back. You can get her maybe... I better get good and get some fucking nah, porcelain teeth. Be, you just have to. You have to bump into her. Yeah. yeah. You can't. It's just gonna happen if you if you see her in like eight months and then you got to put the charm. I've had that happen where a girl was so mad at me, yeah. said she never talked to me again, and then she did pretty good at it. And then one night, <laughs> I ran into her, and then she had a you know we had a couple drinks, and I sat and I talked to her till like six in the morning, oh, apologizing, oh, no. doing yes. laying the groundwork, and then I paving over. Then we end up hooking up, and then. The next day, I got back with my girlfriend, and my dumbass friend posted a Facebook check-in, and then she saw that, and now she really hasn't talked to me ever. Uh, so you <laughs> fucked up your other chance? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was all right. Have, I, I, lo- I love my other girlfriend. At the time, I, I don't know. I was in love with the wrong girl. I thought, who knows? Which, which girl were you in love with the wrong girl? I've been in love with a bunch of them, all of them. <laughs> no, I've dated all of amazing girls, but I'm... <sighs> They're great. Like you, I just fuck it up chasing yeah. this comedy dream. It, yeah. it gets in the way. It's well, it, it seems to be doing all right. We got a book coming out. Yeah. That, that's one of the points of this podcast. Yeah, uh, I wrote free a book. Roll. I wrote a book called Free Roll, and uh, it is about my... There is a little girl talk in there, but I actually am writing another book. Already? Yes. Damn. On to the next motherfucker. On to the next one, but... It's more what we're talking about called You Couldn't and You Wouldn't. And it's 10 girls that I fucked that most dudes couldn't and then 10 girls that I fucked that most dudes wouldn't. Oh, nice. But it'll tell more of the sex stories. But yeah, I just wrote a book called Free Roll about a, a kid from Wyoming who moved to Vegas. A kid? Who, who's this kid? I was the kid. You're the boy. I was the kid. <laughs> and uh, I moved to Wyoming. My dad was in prison the whole time I was a kid. Yeah. And then he got out and moved to Vegas. So I moved there to try to have a relationship with my dad. And I got a job as a runner for a bunch of professional gamblers. So I, I do know a little bit about this story. And 
I know that when you went out to Vegas, it was just to be with your dad, and then shit just got well, yeah. So I moved out there to, this is the dumbest part. So my dad was in, so my dad sent me a le- I was going to college here in Phoenix at Chandler Gilbert, and I got a letter one day from my dad saying, I'll be at the airport in three days. Yeah. And I hadn't talked to my dad in like, Drop everything. In like <laughs> eight years, and I didn't, I hadn't talked to him in forever, so I was like, okay. And I didn't know if I should, because I was doing really good in life, and part of me is like, I fuck it, don't go. And then part of me is like, I miss my dad. And I went to the airport, which was crazy because it was before 9-11. Right. So I could go from gate to gate. But I, when I got to the airport, I realized I don't even know what my own dad looks like. Yeah. And it wasn't like the time when people had Were cell phones. Were you holding up a sign? Yeah. Dad. No, yeah. So I was just looking in like bars and bookstores and be like, is that my dad? And then, of course, I saw like a Was guy. he at the bar or the bookstore? No. He was, <laughs> I had to guess. Yeah, if you could have you guessed. But he was just, I saw a guy with a ponytail and a wife beater and uh, some yeah. tan pants. I was like. Ponytail's giving away. There's my dad. The worst thing is you have to profile, but it's not for the wrong reasons. You're legitimately trying to find your dad who just got out of prison. So, yeah, I saw him, and I ran over, and we started talking and caught up, and he said, you can come to Vegas whenever you want. Like a month later, my spring break came, so me and two of my buddies went to Vegas, and we hung out with my dad for five days and just had a blast. And then at the end, he was like, you can come back whenever you want. We were like, we can't. we got to go back to college. And you were like, what, 19, 20? I was 21 at the time, about to be 21 because we all had fake IDs. And uh, so they were driving me from Vegas back to Phoenix. And we were like, man, fuck college. And we made a... awful plan. We all three dropped out of college and our families were so mad and we moved back to Vegas to try to get jobs at Treasure Island as pirates. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck college, I'm a pirate. Because there used to be this pirate show in front of Treasure Island where the two ships would fight and we were like, what's better And you already got the grill for it. No, back then I had a fucked up grill. I had a real pirate grill. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So we were like, we can just be pirates, jump off a ship every hour in front of drunk tourist chicks. We will Mm -hmm. be getting so much pussy. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, of course, I got to Vegas and we didn't get that job. So you went from, and just in general, you went from being a pirate to comedy, both of which is like, oh, I'm going to get so many Yeah, shit. yeah. And there's always just one or two just, coins in that treasure chest. Yeah. What, what cool. treasure? I'm still trying to find the treasure chest. Yeah. I feel like a goonie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so then I, but then I did get a job as I was a runner for a bunch of professional gamblers, which was the dream job. So I would carry like $200,000 cash and yeah. I would just run up and down the strip and bet on sports. <laughs> And everything was going good. I started making a ton of money, so I moved out of the trailer park with my dad, and I got this. I rented a house on a golf course, and I moved my little brother down so we could be a little happy family. Yeah. So you had you had the house, you had the job, which was all cash. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm balling. I mean, I'm a kid that grew so, up. So I mean, how old are you when you have two hundred thousand dollars in your pocket every day from the age of like twenty three to thirty one? I had what? It was that me. long? Two hundred yeah. grand. So I mean, it would go up and down. Sometimes it'd be more. Sometimes it'd be yeah. less. But depending on how much we want. So I would go home at night when I lived in the trailer and I'd just pull all my money out like when you get done trick-or-treating. Yeah. And I would stack it and, and make pyramids and lay in just it. Just have fun. <laughs> spell my name and it, shit. Yeah. It's like when I was in high school, to a much lesser extent, I would have like an ounce of weed. Yeah. And instead of just like keeping it somewhere like a normal person, I would lock the bathroom door and just look at it and be like, oh my God, look, look at all yeah. these little yeah. so I would But you're doing it. that with 200 yeah. k So it was, I mean, it was, you know, I try to keep most of it in tickets and chips. Yeah. But I always had at least 50000 in my pocket. So I could, you know, and that's how, how did I, you have the discipline not to fuck that up? Well, I did at times, you know, but 
the the thing was you'd go up and down, you'd go through swings, but and that was the, where I really started getting laid for whatever you said Showing at the, the beginning. Stacks. Hey, I can make yeah. my name in it. Oh my, how I, I would always, I always had, I always kept ten thousand cash in my front right pocket. So at the end of the night, whatever wasn't a hundred, I'd throw in a box in this yeah. Nike box in my room, and then restock that ten thousand. So if I was anywhere, let Arby's, Jamba Juice, anywhere, <laughs> I would, would just take it out. I would pull out the wad, and they'd be like, "Oh, we can't break a hundred. and I would just be like, "Oh, it's all I have," and it would just fucking shut. Down wherever I was at, yeah. Everybody would stop. Like, Everyone was just like, because I was a kid yeah. with that much money. So then girls would see it, and then this was the trick I always did. It's very douchey, but I was young at the time and I was an idiot. But I would pull out the wad of money, and girls would be like, "Oh my god, how much money is that?" <laughs> and I would say, "If you can guess within a hundred bucks, I'll let you have it." And I'd put the rubber back back on, and I rubber band back on it, and I'd hand it to them, and they would guess. And they chicks don't know how much money it is, so they'd be like, <laughs> "I don't know, like eight hundred and forty-one dollars." purses. And they would start, and they'd open, they'd take the rubber band off and start counting it. And by the time they got to like 3,000, they're just, it's yeah, a wrap. Right. So then I would go, let me take you out to dinner. And they go, okay. As yeah. they're holding $10,000. And then I'm and like, like and then I would 25. go, where do you want to go out to eat? And they'd go, I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, or they would say that. And I'd go, no, you can go anywhere you want. Yeah. Because I was betting so much that I had comps in every one of the casinos. Oh, wow. So you were taking them out to places. Yeah, for a free dinner. Me shit. <laughs> so I'd take them to an incredible dinner, get them lobster, champagne, whatever they want. And then after the dinner, we'd go out to the bar order a few more drinks where everything was comped again. So I just tipped dinner, tipped the bartender. Right. And then at the end of the night, now she's drunk, I'm drunk, and then I'd say, hey, you know, we're both pretty fucked up. I can just get a free hotel room if you want, or I can have, like, the casino limo take you yeah. home, and we can come back and get your car tomorrow, whatever. But after a lobster dinner and all that... Yeah. It was and a wrap. It was just straight to the hotel room. And this whole time, you are living in a trailer. I mean, you have yeah, this no, hotel. So you have all this shit. Yeah, but. yeah. But, well, I had a, a house off the strip, but that's where my dad lived and then my brother. But then it was just so much. Right. You know, I mean, you, you, by that point, they were like, and the hotel's nice. So then I could just go up to my room. Then in the morning, I can also leave, you know, and right. say, oh, we got to go work or whatever. So, so you were living outside. Like, you had a house, but you were living outside of that house. In yeah. Like so the, but then I would stay on the strip yeah. whenever. It was just like having a playground for Jesus, a kid, the so. ultimate richie and, rich yeah so then all my friends would come in and i could just get them comped it was just like at one point i had a million dollars at imperial palace comps yeah i mean it was a, a shitty million casino, dollars but it was still you could still eat steak and lobster and free hotel rooms for you know when my friends would come for spring breaks so right it, i had it down to a science like as far as that is this where the the mormon came through no the mormon <laughs> so i was running through chicks for a while then i got obsessed with the massage parlors i don't know if you ever did that. oh yeah so i didn't know anything about that world yeah and then one day my bosses were like dude you can just go in there they'll jerk you off like at two o'clock in the day and we we're like no way and it was me and my buddy from wyoming he gave us both a hundred bucks he's like just go in there and do it and we were like and we were nervous you know we never yeah. been anything like that and we go in and do the massage and then the, they jerked us off and we came out and we were like oh, oh my god <laughs> then we were just hooked i mean everything. i spent I was, I was hooked on that shit for a long time because it was so great you'd go out and try to fuck chicks in a bar right. and then when at two or three in the morning you're like and there'd be no girls. Are in the they bar. open until yeah, whenever? Yeah, you just go ring a doorbell. They come out, wipe their eyes. They wake up from their fucking <laughs> right. sleep, and then rise and smell the hand and job. They just give you a hand job, or they give you a full massage, and they jerk you off. But it's like a great hand job, and yeah. it only costs you a hundred bucks, so it's sixty dollars for a massage. Is there people going into those massage parlors not knowing that there's a hand no, job? Well, at the not end? at that night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can always well, tell. Massage usually, at three in the morning. Usually, if there's a red neon sign, right. yeah, that means it. But you can tell the second you walk in the doors, or if 
if if you can't see in the windows, that's probably a jerk off. My yes. thing is like prostitution. I understand whatever stance you want to take on it. Legal should not be legal. The hand job shit. How is that not just a, an understandable? All right, we'll let this shit go. You know what I mean? Well, I think they. But you can fuck those chicks. You can, oh yeah, my buddy did. So yeah, I never one time. And so I and this is I'm I'm just telling all my douchey secrets on here. But I would just get really fucked up, and then I'd go in there, and then I'd be like. And then I would just try not to come so hard. And, right. the, and the lady would be like, you're too drunk. I'd be like, no, I'm fine. Keep yeah. going. So then, <laughs> I'm just tired. And one time she'd be like, you want blowjob? I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay. And she's like, 200. I go, okay. Yeah. I say, yes, come drunk. And yeah. then so she pulls out a condom, puts it on my hard dick, goes down one time with her mouth, and my dick just goes soft like yeah. a, a condom blowjob. Right. So she's like, you're too drunk. I was like, God, oh, just keep going. So then she gives me a hand job. And then we stand up. And I, I finish and everything because when you finish, they bring you a little cup of water and a warm towel, and they come clean you off. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's then, like uh, after a haircut, they put the hot yeah, towel on your exactly. face. It's, it's service. just like that. And then they give you the smallest little cup full of cold water. And then so usually you stand up and pay. So at this point, I stood up. Pay you pay naked. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well you, you, what you do is you say you you give them a hundred dollars. You, you walk in with a hundred dollar bill, and an hour massage is sixty. So then. They give you, you hand them the hundred. They take you to the room. Then they come back in and they put forty on the counter. So when they ask you if you want a hand job, they'll go, "You want a hand job?" You say yes, and they'll say hundred or eighty, and you say no, and you just point to the forty dollars. Right. And they'll be like, "No, sixty or eighty. You just point to the forty. They'll eventually. That's like the local special. They try to rob like tourists. <laughs> so this time, I usually would have the forty, but then she said two hundred. So I was like, okay, whatever. But then when she went down on my dick, it went limp. So I was like, I didn't even get a blowjob. So I stand up, I'm finished, and everything. I stand up and the lady's like 200 and I'm like you didn't even blow yeah. me I'm not yeah. paying you and it's like awkward so I just put my head down I'm like looking at the floor because it's an awkward thing and she's like 200 I'm like no you didn't uh, you didn't blow me it was like yeah. condom Cynthia. as I'm saying this this bitch just hauls off and slaps me in the face as hard oh. as she can boom and I'm like and I was you didn't pay yeah and I was pretty drunk and it sobered me up real quick I was like Oh my God. I was like, okay, hold on. I'll go next door and get you money. And then I got to the front doors and I ran, just jumped in my buddy's car and we just, yeah. we went to a different one. But man, she, <laughs> went straight no, to I mean, a different not, one. no, not that night, but just right from, across the street from, from the, to the rivals. From then on, we, uh, we never went back to that. But the, I mean, there's a thousand of them in, in Vegas. Yeah. So, but yeah, but no, so then I got addicted to that for a while just cause it was so fun. Even like my boss's son would buy me like uh, gift cards there for Christmas and shit. And so, my, my boss would take us. So I, I worked for a guy who was like 47. 45, 27, and I was like 20. And this guy changed your life, right? Yeah, the, yeah. The main boss? Yeah, he's a millionaire. He's just the best dude and you ever. Just met, you just met him at a gym? I met him at the gym because I was really good at basketball, and then all these professional gamblers would play at lunch, mm-hmm. and then I started talking to him, and then... Uh, we just became friends because he always. I was really good at basketball when I was younger, and he wanted to win, so he'd always try to get me on his team. Yes. He's even he plays some bets even in rec basketball. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, Jesus we, yeah. you probably had time to pay we, we bet on, Hey, bet win. me what I'm going to get for lunch. <laughs> we bet on everything in that world, and then so eventually he gave me a job, and uh, so then we were off and running. And from before that. that job, you're just 21, 22. Yeah, what is your yeah. dad doing though? So my this? dad's on parole, so he can't do anything. So he's like doing. He really wasn't working. He had this cocktail waitress girlfriend that would like give him money, and then he he really just would just hang out and then i had my job was i worked in a casino the shitty casino off the strip 
called the Klondike, which no one's uh, ever heard it's, of. It's not around anymore. No, it's like it's there, but you would never know. Yeah. Unless it's 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 probably twenty miles. From is it downtown. is it uh, five dollar blackjack? Because those are the shit. It's like a dollar blackjack, dude. That's what I I like Casino Royale. Yeah, dude. If you're in Vegas and you can't ball out, like ball out, yeah. ball out. Casino Royale. It's right across from the Venetian. Yeah, five dollar blackjack. Ooh. That's your only shot on the strip. But where I'm where I worked, I was about. 15, 20 miles from the strip on okay. Boulder Highway, like the worst strip. So my job was I'd go in at like 11 o'clock at night, and I'd have to empty the slot machines and count all that money from the people's slot machine, which is the worst when you're fucking broke to hey, just yeah, have to count money. money. And all I'm thinking is how do I rob this place, but the mafia There's already no figured way. it out. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing that, and then I and then one day I got this job as the runner, and then uh, and then I mean, I how just, rock bottom were you before getting that job? Well, I was just broke, but yeah. I mean, I've always been broke. So I, I was just happy because my dad was back in my life. So and I was in Vegas, you know, yeah. and I wasn't going to fucking college. Yeah. So the the night part would suck, but it's still I would go to the, you know, I'd go to the casino with my dad and we'd bet on sports games for like five dollars and drink like the free yeah. beer. And I was hanging out with my dad, and since my dad was gone, the first, you know, my dad was in prison the whole time I was a kid, pretty much. So you don't remember much of him during your childhood? No, he all. would get. He, my mom told me he was in college <laughs> when he was in prison. <laughs> For ten years, yeah. Then, when he comes no, out, he, you're gonna have Doctor Dad. He's getting, he's getting he would, his masters. He oh, would, he's getting his doctorate. Yeah, oh, this, he would get he out. Things. He would he would get out every couple of years on his spring break. They called it, and he would so he'd be in for like two three years and get out. They'd have to and go back. Spring break. Spring break is what we call <laughs> it. So he just wasn't around the whole time I was a kid. So and I had a great stepdad, but. Uh, so it was part of me was just trying to, you know, I was enjoying yeah. Vegas, trying to get back with my dad and have a real relationship. And, and it was just Vegas to be 21, 22 right. in Vegas. I was like, this is fucking incredible. And just getting by is fine yeah. when you're to, young. Because where I came from before Phoenix, I was, so the first time I dropped out of college, I was coaching basketball in a town of like 300 people right. in Chugwater, Wyoming. So to go from that to Vegas was like, this is awesome. Yeah, even if it's shitty, it's still yeah, good. It's yeah. big city living. Yeah, so I was doing that. So everything's good. I, my, I moved my little brother down. He moves to Vegas. I get this house and I rent a house on the golf course. It's me and my dad and brother. Everything's great. I'm making a ton of money. Got my brother a job at this stuffed animal store in Caesar's Palace. He, my brother, just a stoner dude. He just wants to chill yeah, and kick yeah, yeah. it, and uh, so everything's good. And then my dad gets off parole, which was like a big day for us because my dad always talked about, you know, I want to get off parole. He hated his PO lady, and yeah. he's like, I can't be a real man until I get off parole. So he, he got off parole, and we had a big party for him that night. And uh, at the end of the night, it's just me and my dad and my brother in the kitchen, and we're all three crying, and we're like, we're so proud of you, Dad. You you did it. Yeah. You did it. And then and that was the last good memory I had of my dad. Yeah. Because literally the very, he just next, went crazy? the very next day he got on drugs Damn. and started uh, hanging out with, like, little wigger kids, like 20. Yeah. Even my dad at the time was probably, like, 47. I'm 23. My little brother's 21. He's bringing around these little 20-year-old kids wannabe gangster oh, white kids dudes. with weird like, names. And yeah. we're like, what the fuck? And then – so. This and then Batman. he's like, it's the opposite of like a father-son relationship because now he's up in his room locking the door <laughs> and just acting shady. People are coming over like, hey, dad, we got dinner ready. Yeah. Don't be dumb. Yeah. 
It was like that. Send up a plate. Then he wouldn't come down, and I could tell shit was starting to go bad, and then my friends came out for my birthday, and uh, they were all crashing at this house, and uh, then one day my, my one of my friends' wallet was missing, yeah. oh. and I had this awful feeling, and I broke into my dad's room, and I looked under it his kitchen there. sink, or his bathroom sink, and he had hit it, and I, uh, I had to go tell my friend, you know, hey, man, I'm sorry, my dad stole your wallet, which yeah. is still one of the weirdest things I've ever yeah. had to do, so I could tell shit was going bad, and but I had a lease on this house, and I didn't know what to do, and then one day, it, I, I knew something bad was going to happen, and then sure enough, on a college football Saturday, I'd have to be at the strip at like 8 in the morning and run up and down the strip till 8 at night betting sports, wow. and then come home and do the same thing on Sunday. So Saturday nights, I was exhausted. So on this Saturday night, I came home. It's like 9.30. I'm tired. I said, Dad, I'm going to sleep. If you want to come down tomorrow, I can copy a VIP booth, watch football or whatever. And he was all fucking out of it at the right. time. And I mean, what like, was he fucking with? Oxy? Just like Coke and meth, I think. Yeah. I don't think... The Oxy wasn't really big back then, because it did get big later, but I think it was just meth and Coke. And yeah. then... Uh, so... I was like, all right, I'm going to bed, and I went to sleep. And like two hours later, my brother came home, and he woke me up from his, you know, it was like 12:30. Woke me up, and he's like, Brant, Brant, wake up! Someone stole my money. My little brother had saved up like 350 bucks to fly to Portland to watch his girlfriend graduate college. Oh my! So I jump out of bed, and I, reason. I run downstairs. <laughs> as good as it gets. Yeah. Meanwhile, two, two square feet down, somebody's doing meth. Yeah. And I run downstairs to find my dad and be like, one of your little fucking friends stole Ryan's money, and when I got downstairs i couldn't find my dad and my dad had this camaro that he thought was so dope that always had to be parked in the garage like even if someone even if it's just coming in for like five minutes and someone's yeah. in the driveway he'd make a move so his shitty camaro could be in the garage it wasn't cool at all no it was like a shitty like 87 camaro yeah. it just thought it was dope that's what a douchey was so i go to the garage to see if his camaro's gone. there and it's gone and then that's when it hits me when i'm in the garage i'm like oh shit i have my money upstairs i run upstairs and my dad checked eighty thousand cash oh my god 80 G's. yeah and this is not even and yours. And it's not my money. It's my and I work for guys you don't want to be eighty thousand dollars short with. Right. So uh, you know I'm crushed. I remember just falling to the ground crying. I'm punching the floor. My little brother's crying. I'm like, what am I gonna do? And so we went and tried to find my dad. And we couldn't find him. And then the next night he came home at like nine, or he was gone for like. So we we searched through him throughout the night. Then we came home rested, and he was gone the whole next day. That night he came home at nine, just fucking yacked out. And when he got there, we're like, "Where were you? Where's our money?" Yeah. And he's like, just talking shit to us, saying, "You guys are irresponsible. You probably lost it." And just start saying the most. <laughs> you fucking, probably lost eighty yeah, grand. <laughs> start saying the most awful things, and that's what made me sick about it. Is like he stole eighty thousand. I worked for millionaires. Right. Obviously, I was gonna be in trouble, but once. You had eighty thousand. Why would you go steal your own son's three hundred and fifty dollars? And I to be equal to your kids, yeah. man. And I just <laughs> felt yeah to treat. I, 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 I treat them both equal. Favorites. That's so funny. And uh, I was you're like, not, you're not watching anybody graduate. Yeah, not on my watch. <laughs> so then <laughs> he uh, his family went to college. <laughs> yeah. So then he he came home, and I just felt sick about it too because my brother was doing so good in Portland, yeah. and I kind of made him move there to have this family experience. And and then so when my dad came home, we were yelling at him, and then. My dad just starts saying the meanest fucking things to my little brother. Right. Just shit like. Which I is what you do when you're on drugs. Yeah. You lash the fuck Yeah, I got, a, yeah. I got uh, an aunt like that who yeah. is nasty when the spoon is hot. Yeah. yeah, so he was like fucking, I don't even know if you're my son. Your mother's a whore. She's fucking oh. every railroader. Oh and I see, I see my little brother oh. getting all upset. I'm like, come on, Ryan. And I take him out. And my dad follows us out to the driveway, and he's still yelling shit. And we get in the car, and as I'm driving off, my little brother's crying, and he's yelling at us. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to fucking kill my dad. 
in that moment, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill my dad. Yeah. So I made up this plan, which is awful. Uh, <laughs> it's a stupid plan, but you got to remember. Wait, so I, how old are you at this I'm 23. Point? And this yeah. is before, like, Breaking Bad or Dexter. <laughs> and I've, I've never killed anybody. But so this was my plan. So. Except that one masseuse who tried to get me to pay 200 yeah, yeah. bucks. She tried to slap the shit out of me. <laughs> but then, uh, so I came up with this plan. And so at one point, I t- we used to sit on the back porch, me and my dad and brother, and tell stories about what, you know, he missed from our childhood. And he would tell us about prison shit. And at one time, I told him, I was like, Dad, you know when I really needed you? I was like 19, and I got an STD. And I didn't know what to do. And all my friends are like, if you go to the doctor, they'll put like a Q-tip down your dick hole. And I was like, no way. And at the time, I was like a a babysitter for one of my best friend's little brother and she had had her wisdom teeth out so my friends were like just take some of her penicillin it'll clear up your dick and this was like before webmd and, and shit yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like fuck it i don't want a q-tip down my yeah. dick hole so i took this penicillin and i took it and it worked and it cleared up my dick so i told that story to my dad and my dad i thought he would think it was funny but he turned like bright white like he saw a ghost and i'm like what's up dad he goes dad he's like son when you were four years old the doctor prescribed me penicillin and I took it and I almost died because I'm deathly allergic to he's penicillin. De- oh he's like, God. if you were like me, you would have died. And I was like, well, I didn't. You should have thought about that and before dick, he took 80K. Yeah, and my dick cleared up. So he, so in those moments, I always remember that story. So as I was driving away, I was like, I'm going to kill this motherfucker. So With penicillin. I call my cousin. <laughs> I call my cousin Cato, who lives down here, who's like a real gang member. And I don't know if you ever met him, but he's like real deal and yeah. the most loyal dude in my life. And I called him. I told him what happened. He's like, I'll be there in five hours got, Jesus, got in the car the drove straight to vegas wow gets to the house he's like where's he at like he was ready to just kill him right there i said hold on i got a plan yeah he's like what i was like trust me i got a plan how so, do you how do you score the penicillin so well cato can get anything <laughs> he's like a ghetto ghetto concierge is what i, I like call the it. idea of going to a, service a, a gang life. member drug dealer and being like yo well you know you Ari, got that penicillin though Ari Shafir told me uh, one time, and I thought it was genius. He was like, if you ever want drugs in a town, there's a statue on almost in the center of every town. Just go to that statue and stand there for like 20 minutes, and somebody will come try really? to sell you drugs. Really? By the statue? And I've, every town I've ever been to, I don't do, I've never done a drug in my life, right. but whenever I'm on the road and I'm walking through towns and I see like a statue in the middle of town, I'm like, holy shit, he's so fucking right. <laughs> if I just stood here and I, lo- I, you know, you look around and see the landscape, I'm like, oh, for sure. Right. And I thought, it was, so I don't know how. Kato got it. So this was this. I sit Kato down. I say this is the plan. I said, can you get some penicillin? He's like, don't. Of course. Yeah. I said, all right. So in a couple of days is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna fly to Colorado, be with my girlfriend. So because everyone will think I did it. So I won't be there. So it won't look like me. And I said, no one knows you're here, Kato. So what I want you guys to do is pack up all my little brother's shit, get the penicillin, and then when my dad comes home. So there was a Jamba Juice like three blocks from my house, right. and my dad loved that shit. This is the most gangster. Yeah. <laughs> So I said, "What well, we're gonna math and <laughs> acai adventure." Yeah. So no, I, we gotta take this motherfucker out. What are you thinking, guns? No, penicillin and a jump. <laughs> yeah. So that was my plan. It was it was like the game of Clue. Would I remember like played that add-ins? that board game. I was like, I know the murder weapon. Yeah. I know the room, and now I know the killer. So I said, "What we're gonna do is, you guys get the Jamba Juice full of penicillin." Fill it, fill it up with penicillin, give it to my dad. When he starts drinking it, you guys get in the car, drive to Phoenix. He'll die. Yeah. In a couple of days, they'll just find him. You guys will be in Phoenix. I'll be in Colorado. Right. Fucking airtight alibi, right? right. That's what I thought. I'm an idiot. So yeah. they're like, all right, it's whatever. So Cato gets the penicillin. I fly to Estes, I fly to Denver, go to Estes Park with my girlfriend. Call Cato from the hotel. I'm like, yo, are you ready? He's like, we're ready. He's like, we got a large mango in the fridge. Just wait for him to come <laughs> home. 
<laughs> I'm like, all right. Just, I was like, just yeah. just tell, call me, call me when he's dead. I said, and they're like, all right, cool. So you ready to kill this motherfucker? <laughs> yeah, got, got the, the most, pineapple mango, the Wait. most delicious <laughs> death ever. <laughs> yeah. So uh, he, uh, so I wait like an hour and a half, waiting for him to call me and tell me it's over, and I don't get a phone call. So I call them. I'm like, I call him up. I'm like, yo, what happened? They're like, he he wouldn't take it. They're like, he came home. We gave it to him, and and like I get it. My dad, my dad was in Leavenworth, like real prison, right. and at that time we're enemies. So I don't think he thought we were trying to kill him, but he's he's trained to not take a gift from your enemy. Right. So I said, what happened? They go, he just he, he didn't wasn't take feeling it. the mango. Yeah. He went back and got a <laughs> strawberry <laughs> banana. <laughs> So you know your dad's fruit preference. Yeah, it's a bad you order. Forgot to put the vitamin C boost in. <laughs> no, we had the boost. We we brought we brought our own boost. So uh, yeah, the death, the death boost. So they uh, so I was like, what happened? He's like, he just put it back on the counter. He's just sitting there. I was like, where's he at? They're like, he's up in his room. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is a bad plan. I was like, just fucking get in the car, drive to Phoenix. I'll come back in a few days. I'll move out all my shit, and we'll just be done with him. My cousin's like, nah, fuck that, bro. Yeah, he's Kato's like, about. He, he's Kato like, came ready to yeah, kill. Yeah, he's him. like, I didn't come here for that shit. And what he did, I said, he's not gonna. Let, he, he said, I'm not gonna let him hurt hurt you guys anymore. I was like, why? What do you mean? He's like, we'll take care of it. I was like, what do you mean we'll take care of it? He's like, we'll call you back. And he hangs up the phone. Oh phone. my god! Yeah. Takes a sip of this smoothie slowly. Yeah. <laughs> so and we didn't. Oh, I didn't. Shit. So I didn't know. I didn't know what he was gonna do. But this was the plan they came up with. So. Eventually, my dad came downstairs. They were hoping he would drink it, but then he just walked by the Jamba Juice again, and he left. So the plan they made was they knew that he fucking loved that stupid Camaro. So what they did was they opened the garage door, and then they cut the phone and the power lines, and then they just waited for him to come home, just waited in the dark. And then sure enough, my dad came home just like they thought, parked his Camaro in the garage, was hitting the button to try to get the door shut, wouldn't shut. My cousin said he was so confused and frustrated. He finally got out of his car, went over, manually closed the garage door, and shut it and locked it and when he turned around to walk back into the house my cousin and brother jumped out with golf clubs oh they tried to kill him with golf clubs in the garage yeah but the, what they fucked up was they there was no light so right. they got him a good a couple times then they didn't want to hit each other so the only thing that was there was a door to the side of the yard attached to the yeah. garage and at the bottom of that door there was a little doggy door so that was the only like light coming into the garage and my dad saw that door and just put his shoulder down and ran and bust through that door fell into the side yard and then jumped over the back wall and, and ran ran away on the golf course that's gotta be fucked up wow that was the last brother. time and I've never seen him since that really? day really that's 17 years ago did you ago. check any bookstores or Air Force bars no I don't I, I, uh, I checked my credit when he eventually yeah. fucking I tried to get an apartment a couple years later and he stole my credit I guess that's best case scenario though if you think what? about it because that there's heard. there's no murder on your brother's hands yeah, yeah. right no, and yeah, was, he's gone forever yeah it was probably for the best I mean I'll, I'll never you know so if I go on a date or something with a girl and we start talking family I'm like well I kind of hope my dad dies and they're like whoa that's aggressive I'm and like, then you're well, like what about will. you and yeah, she's yeah. like well my dad's a dentist yeah yeah. <laughs> my dad's nice a perfect you. Mormon dentist so uh, but yeah so he's out there somewhere, but Do I you know if he dies, will will no, yeah. So I didn't talk to anyone in my fam on his side of the family for like almost a decade after that because he told my grandparents yeah. that we just lost it, we're irresponsible, and he was their youngest son, and they all believed him. So I was like, "Fuck it, I don't talk to any of you guys." So eventually, my uncle came to a show, and then I talked to my uncle, and then he gives me updates. But I know my dad lives in Vegas, and he has, like, hepatitis C, and he's, like, a recluse in some house. Right. And, and they sh- can't give him penicillin for that no, shit. I wish they would give it all to him. <laughs> so I guess he's out there, but 
to me, I just hope he dies, which is, you know, it's weird to say. People get weird about it, but he's an awful person, and right. I'll never forgive him. The last words I think I ever said to him was like, I fucking hate you. You won't be at my wedding. You'll never meet your grandkids. I fucking hate you. And I mean that. And after, I mean, he beat the shit out of my mom and her kids. Right. He's just awful. Yeah, he's a bad dude. So there's no fixing it. So a lot of people are like, well, what about forgiveness? I'm like, fuck. We well, you forgave him, him a the million first, times. You forgave yeah. him the first time when you went to meet him up at the airport. Hey, man, you, you know can I mean? forgive somebody at 79 grand, but when they hit 80. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was 80. 83, five, it was 83. 350 my brother. So how's your younger brother yeah, doing? So he's good. He lives here. He, he worked at Cracker Barrel in Phoenix the last 17 years. Yeah, hell he, yeah. And he's a good dude. He's a sweetheart. You know, he just didn't deserve that. So he's cool. And my dad, you know, I, it'll, I'll lose a bunch of Facebook friends one day because when my dad dies, it'll be a celebration post. And some right. people will probably be like, that's a little yeah. morbid or aggressive. But if they don't know the story. but So the 80K is gone. So 80K is gone. I got to go tell my boss, which was the hardest thing I ever had to do because I love my boss at the time and I think there's a little jealousy between my father and my boss because mm-hmm. growing up my dad was the man that always had the money in his pocket but then when I got to Vegas so when I start working for these guys my one boss hired me and then his partner was out of town when I got hired and he came back and he thought I was FBI plant right because he's like what the fuck you just hire this kid that goes to your really expensive gym but he lives in a trailer and he just came here to be a pirate right he's like, <laughs> so like the first month I had to hang out with my boss and his partner every night while they were in hindsight grilling me about being in the FBI and then they realized I'm just a dumbass yeah. but I think my dad was a little jealous because I was spending time with and my dad and you got dad. a new male figure in your life yeah and this guy he was my he, he's the best yeah. and we're fucking he's, he lives in a 12,000 square foot mansion wow. he, like a world I'd never been he has yeah. Mercedes and like a were dream were you staying over there at all so I'd cry. he had three sons that were 11, 13 and 15 probably when I met him yeah. and they I'm really good with kids so they love me so I spent a ton of time over there just in the back he'd grill out we he had a pool. Is he an Italian dude? No, nah, no, nah, a white dude from Ohio. Just a white dude from Ohio. <laughs> just a bob, but just he just came up. You know, he yeah. started as a bookie and then a big poker player, and he's just a he's just a badass dude. Was it anything uh, illegal as far nah, as? It's kind of frowned upon a little bit what we did in the streets, but it really because. It, it, it wasn't. It wasn't really that bad. So we, all we were doing was betting the games. We were just getting information. So this is like before Twitter and all the internet. Yeah. So like, if you guys went to a Diamondbacks game and you knew me, you would go early because you would know. Let's say fucking. I don't know who's on the Diamondbacks, but let's say back then Kurt Schilling was supposed to pitch, and you saw him tweaking ankle in warmups or something. Right. You would fucking call me from a payphone, and then we would bet the shit against the like, Diamondbacks, like big, like and big, then we big. would give you ten percent of what you won. So right. back ah. then you would get info. So like back this then, guy, this guy went out drinking the night before. Yeah. So and we we did coke at four a.m. Yeah. He's the, gonna be hungover. The over. two best stories I got is one time we got a Hollywood agent told us that his client was singing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, but it was taped pre-recorded and you can bet the length of the national anthem so we had to trust this guy that he wasn't fucking us and we gave him a big free roll on it like my book's called free roll so we had to free shot if he was right he got i don't know what they gave him like 15 percent of what we bet but i mean we probably bet a million dollars so this guy stood to win like 150,000 on the length of a national on the length of a national anthem and at the time we're some of the biggest sports bettors in the world but i'll never forget that super bowl we were all just sitting there with stopwatches yeah and once we went and he was right what he said was exactly right yeah and then and we didn't give a fuck about the game. We already won all the money. Damn. But then another time, where so we used to have caddies a lot that would give us information. 
And uh, so this caddy one time, they were doing a matchup, you know, where you can just play one-on-one golf, yeah. whatever it is. So you could bet that. And this caddy called us. He's like, my guy's got food poisoning. We don't even know if he's going to start. So if you, if I bet against you and you doesn't start, I just get the money back. But if you tee off and then you quit, all you have to do is hit one shot. It's a valid bet. So the, you made the caddy. So, so we would give the caddy money. The caddy would always give us info from, because right. those guys don't make a lot of money. So he called us. He said, hey, man, my guy, he's fucking got food poisoning. I think he's going to try to start, but I'd be shocked if he made it through his round. Yeah. So we fucking bet every dollar we could. Now, it was just a golf matchup, so you couldn't bet like a million like football, but we probably got down three, four hundred thousand. And the crazy thing was we all three had food poisoning maybe a week and a half before, and we were fucking out of commission. Right. So you knew. You're like, there's no way. Fucking, of course, this guy goes like Jordan flu game, shoots like a 69, (laughs) doesn't quit, fucking goes to hero mode. John Daly? No, John Daly would (laughs) have, he would have taken him for us. He would have quit for us for sure, but so shit like that would happen a lot, but it was just a crazy world of that. That is weird. And then how does that, like, gambling, $100,000, you're in with the big time, you almost kill your dad. How do you go from there to open mics? Well, so I, so then my boss, the poker boom hits, and my boss starts being on TV and shit, so he quits the streets because he's yeah. like, fuck it. Well, I bet on these college kids that might miss a field goal in the cold when I can just go to the casino, right. beat the fuck out of college kids that just learned poker. You know, so he's killing, and he's getting on TV and shit. So my other bot, this other dude hires me, and he's like a 65-year-old Jewish dude, looks like Howard's, like a retarded Howard Stern. Yeah. Right? So, and I'd want to do stand-up when I lived here, but I just chickened out because right. a couple of times I'd talked into a microphone in like a banquet room at a hotel or something, and when I heard my name, or when I heard my voice over the Amplified, it made my eyes water. So I was like, I'm going to be a crying comedian. This, yeah. So I was like scared to do comedy because I thought I would talk and I'd start crying on stage. It would look fucking horrible. Because yeah. you loved it that much? No, it wasn't love. It just a no, weird no, like, I tick had the, I had. I actually, I had something similar. It wasn't right? actually crying. It was just water, oh, okay. but it would look like crying. When I used to public speak, the sound of my voice sounded like I was crying. I don't know whether it was the fear of me talking, but when I was in high school and I would do speeches, I would start to... Like talk like this, and even though I was confident in what I was saying, it sound it sounds yeah. like you're holding back tears. It's yeah. a weird tear. Well, my t- I wasn't my tears would actually come out. I don't know. It's like a weird thing. Yeah. So I was scared forever. Huh. So then I got to Vegas and I wanted to do it. And then so I start working for this old Jewish dude, and then he. But part of my job was I just have to go to fucking things he wanted me to. Right. And he loved punk music and underground wrestling. And this is an old-ass dude? Old-ass Jewish Who dude. Who loves... And he wanted you to so hang out with I'd him. I'd have to go. Or he'd, I'd, so I, a lot of shit happened after that. I blew all my money and shit. So I was back to broke and I had to get a job with that dude. But then he'd make me go to all this shit. And it's so embarrassing because these were like... At a punk show, it's like 18 and 19-year-olds. Yeah. And then at wrestling, it's just fucking underground wrestling, just like nerds. And then it's just, uh, I'm like 25, and he's like 65, and I just have to stand by his side like his little fucking So he doesn't look like a loner? Yeah. yeah. And he'd always be like, if you don't like it, I can get someone else to hire you. Uh. So I was like, fuck, man. And I wanted to do stand-up, but I had to go do all this shit. So then one time, he's like, I need to go to L.A. to go to this show. And I was like, Dink, I'm not driving you to L.A. You know, this sucks. He's like, you're going to get fired, but I needed the money. So I was like, all right. He's like, my favorite comedian's opening for my favorite band. And I was like, your favorite comedian probably sucks. This yeah. is, who am I going to see? This is fucking stupid. And I just had to do it. And I drove all the way to L.A., miserable, stuck in traffic. And then we went to this show. And 
his and this dude Brett Miller from a band called Old Ninety Sevens played in this legendary place called Largo, which used to be yeah, the Largo. best yeah. comedy spot. Now they move, so it's the original Largo, and then they moved it to the new one. So and then this comedian came out before the singer and he performed for like twenty minutes and he was fucking incredible. Who was a comedian? And I fucking drove home. Who was the comic? Uh, Zach. Zach Galifianakis. Really? What? Yeah. Jesus. So he, I saw him perform, and I was, like, obsessed with him, and I drove straight back to Vegas, and I got on stage pretty much the next day. Wow. And then... Uh, and then, then you've met Zach since. I've never got to meet him, because the other crazy thing is, so then, I broke into Mike Tyson's house way before the movie The Hangover. <laughs> what? But I don't even really tell the story, because The Hangover movie is like, oh, you're another fat yeah. comedian with a beard. So when I got to Vegas... I used to drive. Tyson lived by me in this huge mansion, mansion, and I would drive by his house every day because I was a kid from Wyoming. I never see a celebrity, right. and I just wanted. And Tyson was yeah. the man, so I'd drive by every day, and he had this big black guard outside, like camouflage pants, black shirt, and every day he just mad dog me because he saw me coming by yeah. every day. And then eventually one day he wasn't there. I kept driving by and he wasn't there. So then. They put up like a for sale sign in front, and I was like, "Fuck it, this is my chance." Yeah. So I carried all that money. So in my head, I was like, "I'll just jump over the wall. If someone stops me, I'll just pull out my money and be like, oh, 'I'm thinking about buying it,' even though right. I, I didn't. Yeah. So at, I, at one in the morning. Yeah. No. So I did it in like the day. <laughs> was that eight hundred and forty-one dollars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trying to buy this house. So I jump over the wall. And I go in there, and it's uh, just this incredible. There's the tiger cages. There's two mansions oh my God. next to each other. Tiger cages, grotto. He has this big statue for whatever religion he was. Like the, I don't know what the Selling statue drugs. Is. Yeah. And uh, so, and then I go to the back of his house, and I fuck with the door, and I get in, and I'm in Tyson's house. Jesus. Just you. Just you. Just me by myself, but I'm scared. Yeah, I walk in, and it's pretty vacant, and I hear this beep, and I'm like, oh, fuck. I walk like two more steps. I hear another beep. I'm like, fuck it. I'm out of here. And I'm scared. Run. Get up back over the wall. Go to my car. I go tell my best friend, Justin. I'm like, yo, I was in Tyson's house. And it looked like nobody was in there. But then I heard beep and I got scared. And I, uh, he's like, you're fucking crazy. So then I go to bed that night and I'm laying in bed. And all of a sudden I hear that beep again. And I'm like, beep. And I'm like, oh, fuck, Mike Tyson is in my house. He's going <laughs> to kill me. <laughs> and then I hear the beep again. And it was a fucking fire alarm when you're... Oh, uh, yeah. So like, then I, in my head, I'm like, oh, that was like the his yeah. detectors are gone. So I drive to my friend's house the next day. I go, yo, Justin, I think it was the fucking fire detectors. We got to go back. We got to go back. So he's like, all right. I was like, I promise. if Ty's, I'll take the first punch if we get in there. He's like, <laughs> good. Because he's like, I'm faster than you, so fuck it. So we go to Target, get disposable cameras, like, uh, you know, like yeah, the little ones. Little That's how long ago click. this was. And we jump the wall. We get in Tyson's house. We're in there. So now we're in. We're like, we got to steal something to prove we were in there. But he had pretty much taken out all his stuff of value. Yeah. There was like a huge grand piano that like Stevie Wonder gave him. I found out later. And, the but fuck? there was like nothing big. So like there was a white Mercedes in the in the garage. We stole the title to his Mercedes. Yeah. We stole a George Foreman Mike Ty- a George Foreman grill that he had left in the kitchen, which <laughs> we thought was great. The, uh, how ironic it was. And then so we went through the whole house, opened every cupboard, drawer, everything. Got some Versace pillows. But pretty much everything was gone. So then we were in this big TV room, and there, he had he had like well, probably one of the first flat screens. Is how old it was. And then there was a big couch set, and then there was an ottoman in the middle. And I told my boy Justin, I go, we should steal that ottoman. It's Versace. Yeah. He's like, how do you know it's Versace? I was like, that big weird face thing is a Versace symbol. He's like, how do you know that? I'm like, trust me. I go watch. So I go and I pick up the ottoman to look on the bottom to get like the tags. When I pick up the ottoman, this VHS tape just falls out oh. like it's. Oh, 
in, in the ottoman. Bounces on the ground. We just look at each other like, holy shit, we fucking hit the jackpot. So we, of course, grab the tape, run home, try oh to find a VCR. God. We're like, it's a fucking sex tape yeah. or something. We're going to be so rich. I remember on the drive, we were like, oh, should we buy a yacht? Or should we <laughs> buy a helicopter? And by the time we got to the house, we're like, we're getting a yacht. We can land yes. a helicopter. <laughs> we'll do but the I, yacht. Obviously, since I'm not rich now, you guys know that. So all the tape was was him making a video game. Um in like Zeke Cavarucci jeans up to his belly button, no shirt, talking about you, how he hates white people for like 12 minutes. What you, wait, what you, he was just on it a was video? just a regular video. I don't know why it was stashed oh up in there. Oh my god! So, uh, dude, you should have kept that. Still I have it. it. I still have it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should convert it and put it on YouTube so people can see yeah. what it is. But it's just a, it's just a regular. It's nothing. It's, it's like a home video. Hating white people, god like uh, I will. You know what? I will do that actually. And then, uh, so then for the rest of that summer, we would take girls there. And to this, the house? To the to house. Tyson's house. But you, they, so it'd be dark at night, but uh, 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 you could go in the pool, and he had a grotto and a slide, so the water wasn't on the slide. But in Vegas, it's so hot in the summer, the pool was great. But he had huge walls, and then – so we were pretty much in our own little private world. Wayne Newton lived next door, but it was wow. far away. Yeah. So it was just hard to convince girls. Don't trust us. Once we get yeah. in here, we're Look safe. Look at all this cash. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. There, and there was like – so the walls were like 15 feet, and then there was one little like gate thing that would lead to the other mansion, so you'd have to help a girl over. That wall, but once you got in this private little world, yeah. once you know, girls are still scared, but then after like an hour and more drinks, they're like, Right, we had our own like millionaire yeah. backyard, so it's pretty cool for a whole summer. And that's cool, wow! But then, so I used to tell that everyone would be like, Tell the Tyson story, tell the Tyson story. Then the movie The Hangover comes out, yeah, and it's like, like it just counterfeited my story. I don't even really tell it anymore. Yeah. It, we just kind of fell upon it in here. It's in the book, and I tell it in the book because you can see the picture of his title, you can see the picture of me like climbing on the statue in his backyard yeah. and, and, and you know I give the story in the book but it kind of and then in the book I say the hangover didn't steal this from me no, no, I'm not saying that yeah. it's a different story it's the same story different story but and when does the book come out? it's out it came out yesterday it's available on so Amazon? it's on Amazon Barnes & Noble uh, all the iTunes and then uh, the Audible should be out I don't. When do you guys release this? Uh, it'll come out next Tuesday. Yeah. So the Audible, or next Wednesday morning. Yeah. The Audible should be out, which I think I'm proud of the Audible because I recorded it myself. So, so you, you can hear yeah. me. And then at the end we have bloopers that are pretty funny of me just because it was the hardest thing in the world to record a fucking book. Right. Half the time I'd be like, "Who the fuck wrote this?" Because I'd fuck <laughs> up my own sentences. Yeah. But, so yeah, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, so the book is iTunes. called Free Roll. It's called Free, Free Roll. Roll. Yeah. And stories called, about your life, upbringing, everything. R O L. What's that? Sorry, I interrupted. Did you just story about your whole life? Yeah, so just my life from what happened, you know, as a child, getting away from my dad, my dad going to college, and then what how Vegas ended, which I won't give away, but I'll get I'll tease it that someone ended up dead and two point three million was missing and Ooh. I got a phone call and people left the country. The That's next more day. than eighty K. Yeah, yeah. And I just so then I went to LA and it, it so it just takes you from my journey as a kid in Wyoming till the last day in Vegas when I had to leave Vegas and right. start, and now, start my life in L.A. And I'm not saying this is going to be on the next book, but now you're sitting yeah. down with two of the best up-and-coming comics which in I Scottsdale. Love, which I love. <laughs> you know? In Scottsdale, in this particular zip code. <laughs> no, 85257. <laughs> with comedy license plates. So... Yeah. We have a, a This Is Not Happening taping oh, coming yeah, up so as well. I'm taping this. I is mean, not your book is cool and shit, yeah. but we got This Is Not Happening, yeah. which. So I'm taping This Is Not Happening for Comedy Central 
uh, in LA on June 21st, and then that'll air in the fall sometime. And, and I'm, I'm telling the story about trying to kill my dad. Right. Nice. So uh, I'm coming down to that because yeah. it's taped in a strip yeah, club. It's, t- it's taped at Cheetahs in Hollywood. So oh, if you're anywhere nice. near LA, I can leave you free. Yeah. Tickets. What was June 21st? You June said? 21st. 21st. Nice. And they'll probably I don't know who else is on the lineup with me, but it's all amazing comedians. So. Oh yeah. All right, Brian. Well, thanks for Thank coming. Thank you guys yeah. so much for letting me be the down. first guest. The yeah. first guest ever. Jackie on Robinson. <laughs> Jackie Robinson of Please Send News. He broke down the color barrier. I love you guys. Thank you so much. All right. Thank thanks for having us. Peace. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Snapchat has ruined the nude photo game. Well, because you can just send those now. Right. What am I going to do with a five-second nude photo, though? You it. You just say sorry. You just have to own up. Like what do you do with your other hand? Give it a thumbs up? Yeah, you know, you got to flex it a little bit. But you know when you hold grocery bags? It felt so violated. Yeah. It felt like a naked law and order. You, how many nudes have you sent? 